Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. So I want to, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that we build on the foundation that's already been laid. And so if it's okay, I just want to, Pastor, lay this foundation out, and I want to just build my little part on it um, of what God showed me this week as we were praying about how we have oil in our life. Yesterday, you know that presence of God came in in uh, the people of power meeting. And I was and I was I was taking up the offer and I just saw how when we get into the present, the real presence of God, we can begin to act in that. And it connects our the presence of God with the other things going on outside of these four walls in the church. Amen. We can connect with that and do something with it. What I began to see this week in prayer, it's in Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse one. This is uh, the parable of the ten virgins. We know, most of us know this story. Um, It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Jesus says, This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answer saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and for you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward also came the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, this last part is where we get into trouble. Because he tells us to watch. Because we don't know any time that God may decide to show up and put a demand on what he's put in me. I have no idea. I can be out doing my own thing. And... All of a sudden, disaster is in front of me. All of a sudden, a soul that needs to be won is in front of me. And it's important that I hear God right then. Many times, it's a matter of life and death whether we hear God. And I began to, to read and pray over these virgins. And, and we see that, first of all, they all had the same opportunity that each one had. They had all kept themselves pure. They had all lived holy up until this point. They were all waiting on Jesus. But five of them 
were foolish. And here's what they did, though, and this is what I, I believe we're going to get this revelation today. Because a lot of times we don't, we do, we, we called it an oblivious spirit while we were praying this week. Because, and I said, it, well, it's willfully ob- oblivious. And Sister Julie said, well, oblivious means unmindful. So how can you be willfully oblivious? Because I have to be mindful to make up my mind to be unmindful. So it's really, it's just self-deception is what it is. And so this is where the foolish virgins found themselves. Life did not happen upon them suddenly where they didn't know that they needed to get oil. They knew, I'm going to meet Jesus. I'm going to go out. And I don't know when God's going to show up. Don't know when the bridegroom's going to come. Don't have a clue. I know he's coming. I know he's going to come. And something. I know that at some point, God's going to put a demand on what he has placed inside of me. I know that at some point, the gifts, the talents, the tiny little bit of oil that he's already put inside of me, he's going to come at some point, and he's going to want me to do something with that. I know it. They knew it. They knew they were going to go sit out there. They knew that they didn't know when the bridegroom was coming. They already knew. And so they didn't happen upon a situation where life took them unaware. Here's what they did. If we read it carefully, we will see. It says, the cry was made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go to meet him. And then all the virgins arose and prepared their lamps, is what it said. Now, five of these virgins knew that they did not have oil to light their lamps with. They already knew it. But what did they do? They pretended. They pretended like they got some oil. They got up. They went through all the motions. They acted like they trimmed their lamp. You know, and then they started to light it on fire. And then, oh, uh-oh, I don't have any oil. Can I borrow some of your oil? Can I have you prepared in advance? Can I, can I, get, can I get you to come help me over here? Can I, get, can I get a little bit of what God's put in you? Pastor, in prayer one day this week, called that premeditated manipulation. They knew in advance that they were, did not have the oil. Now, it was a simple thing. The, the wise virgins counseled them and said, go buy some oil. Go buy the oil. They knew what was going on. All they had to do was just go buy the oil. That was it. Same thing the wise ones did. They went and bought some oil. They had a little bit extra because you never know what's going to happen. And then when God showed up, they were asleep. You know, that means that they weren't paying any attention. They were going about their life. They had done the important part and gotten some oil. Because I don't know when God's going to want something of me. I got some oil. And then I go on about my life. They were asleep. They weren't paying attention. They weren't, they weren't you know, on it. They, they were just doing their thing, but they had gotten some oil. And so when Jesus shows up and says, it's time. Trim the lamps. Get the oil. I'm ready for it. They had something in them to pull and pour out and that got them into the presence of God, that got them connected in with the presence of God, that got them into the place that God had prepared for them to be. But the other ones, they had no lack of holy living. 
They had no lack of being sanctified. They had no lack of, of any other area besides. They only just decided, I'm just going to go about my life and do whatever I want to do, and I'm not going to go by the oil. I'm not going to do what it takes to have a little bit of oil ready for God. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to go with it, and God's a gracious God, and he's full of mercy and compassion, and it's going to be wonderful. And they got there, and they said, give me a little bit of your oil. I know, I see that you have been in the presence of God already. You've already paid the price because oil, pure oil is costly. Pure oil is costly. You know, even if you buy the great value extra virgin olive oil, it's still not as cheap as just getting some Crisco. You get a little old bottle for $8. I can get a gallon for three bucks of the other stuff. It's costly to get the pure oil. It costs something. It cost me something. And that's why it's valuable. But they, the wise virgins gave them a lesson in life. I can't give you my oil. It's my oil. It's just for me. It's what God gave me for whatever God required of me. You have to get your own oil. Each one of us have to get our own oil in our own relationship with God. Now, it doesn't matter the volume of oil. Uh, the little skit actually demonstrated that perfectly this morning. Some people got three presents and a whole bunch of flowers, and some person got one. It didn't matter the volume that they got. It mattered that I got something pure and that I operate in God with my one little bit of pure. The widow woman that pastor preached about in 2 Kings chapter 4 she only had a little, a tiny little bit of oil. She said, I actually don't even have anything. Well, I have, I have a little bit. I have just a little bit of oil. But that was all that God needed because when we pour it out at the direction of the Holy Spirit, He fills us back up again. Hallelujah. That's the other key thing that the wise virgins knew is, I can only pour this oil out at the direction of the Holy Spirit. I can't just give you my oil. I would love to. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you get people pulling on your heartstrings and you feel sorry about their situation and you want to give them all your oil. But, but if I don't, but I don't have any oil, I have, then I have to go back and get some more oil. And it didn't get refilled in the same way because the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to pour it out. And it don't do you a whole bunch of good, really, because you didn't get your own oil. You got some of me mixed in with it. And you don't want that, really. You don't want it. You want something pure for yourself. Amen. They didn't get the oil. And I've been, I've been seeing this and, I, and trying to apply it into every little area of my life because what I saw was it's the little things that we do when we know to that make sure that we have the oil when it's time. And it's true in the natural and in the spirit. If we don't get our oil changed for 25,000 miles, I can't be upset when my car breaks down and I have to pay a few thousand bucks to get it fixed, I can't be upset because I knew. I knew I need to do the maintenance. I already knew. I knew if I don't do it, it's, something bad's going to happen. I know, I know 
Because it's how God operates that if I don't do what it takes to get my oil right now, it costs me something later on. And it actually says that right here at the end. It says that it costs the virgins something, the foolish virgins. It costs them something. Costs them a whole lot more than getting up in the middle of the day and being bothered to go buy a little bit of oil to go and get something real of that's pure of value because they missed it. How many of us, though, when we get into a face in a situation in our life, we reel in it, and then we say, oh, my God, i got to go fast and pray. i got to go find out what to do. And, I, and it's this big thing that's blown up, and i got to go seek God about it. But I don't have to, it doesn't have to get there many times. Most of the time, it doesn't ever have to get there if I just obey God and have my oil ready. And when, when a little thing comes up, I'm like, I got some oil. Holy Ghost, yes. Pour this little bit of oil out right there. I got a little bit of oil for that. I got a little bit of oil for this over here. I got my oil changed at 3,000 miles. I ain't got to worry about the breakdown at 25. That's the way the, it works in God. I do a little bit now, and it doesn't, and I don't have to wait until all hell has broken loose in my life, and, I, and then I have to go run and get the pastor, go run and get the elder, and say, help me, help me, help me. I don't even know what to do. My whole family's falling apart. My life is in shambles. Y'all, let's just get real, because that is what we do, isn't it? We go about our own little way until some slaps us in the face. Now, the virgin's got a slap in the face slapped. Oh, it turns out it wasn't good enough to borrow somebody else's oil. I had to have something of my own so that the bridegroom could even see me coming with my little lamp. I had, I had to have something of my own, and it wasn't good enough this time. Now, there's grace. Sister Carolyn brought a, um, uh, Minister Carolyn brought a, a word this past Tuesday, and, and she said something, and Pastor brought it out um, afterward about how that it we all are at different levels. And she said it's in, um, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, actually, where he says there's babes, there's carnal, and there's spiritual. Now, we don't need to get hung up on the labels because we don't think that's, I'm not a baby. I've been saved 15 years. We don't get hung up on the labels. What we, get, what we look at is that there's, there's a progression in that. And I'm responsible for doing what I know to do in my progression. And there's and and there's grace at certain levels. There's a time where there's grace when every I come running to my pastor, I come running to the elders, I come running to my cell group leader, I come running. There's time where there's grace for that. But at some point, God wants to move us out of this level where I need somebody else, and he wants to put us into a, le- into a place where I have some oil and I know what to do. Now, here's how we know we're at that level. If I end up in situations where I need to make a decision right now, I need to know what to do, and I don't have time to call my pastor, I'm at that level. If I'm sitting here and I'm just trying to do the best I know how, and now I don't, and, and I don't have a clue I need to know what to do. I don't have a clue. So I just make up my own mind about something because I don't know how to hear God about it. I pray. It's right in front of me. Bam. There it is. And I don't know what to do. I'm at that level. Now, at that point, I have to have something inside of me 
to pull on, to pour out in that situation so that the Holy Spirit can move in it and then and then God's will can be done. And it's those times where that I apply the oil in those situations that I don't that help me not end up with a whole breakdown later on. Those are the times when I have done my preparation. I've been in the presence of God. I've sought God for myself. And I have some oil. And God's moving me into a place where I don't, I don't pick up the phone and call somebody every single time. I don't have to get something from somebody else every single time because God wants to mature me so that I have some oil at some point one day that I can pour out for somebody else who is now in a place where they need somebody to help them out. Amen? Hallelujah. Another thing I saw in it is that we don't, a lot of times we want to pour something out for somebody because they're in front of us and because it's easy and because there's a need in front of me and so I want to pour out. But I can really only do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. In Leviticus chapter 10, we heard the story, there's the story of Nadab and Abihu. I think that's how you say their names. And they went into the presence of God and brought strange fire, is what it says. They, they, brought some, they put some oil in the censer. They poured something out in there, and they went into the presence of God to pour it out before him. But it wasn't the offering that God had told them to bring. And so fire came out and consumed them. And I was reading that, and I... And I said, oh, that, that sounds horrible. But then, uh, um, if you keep reading, God told Moses to go tell Aaron this is what has happened. And Aaron held his peace, is what it says. And then Moses called some other people to go take care of these bodies. And he said, Aaron and, the, and your other sons, the oil is upon you. You can't go deal with these other people. You can't, I know they're your sons, and I know it hurts you to see what has happened in their life. But you can't go and deal with that right now because the oil is on you, and you can only do what the Spirit is telling you to do in this situation. You can only minister to the Lord. You can only pour this oil out the way God said. And so they, weren't, they had to, to submit in God, even in a situation where, there's, his son has already faced judgment. The oil is upon me. The oil is costly, and it is that precious, and it is that holy, is that when that oil is in me, when that oil is upon me, I don't get to do with it whatever I want to do with it. I don't get to. I do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do with it. Hallelujah. We... A lot of times we, I think we assume because I'm holy and because I'm this and that, that, that I'm good. But same thing with the virgins who had kept themselves pure. Aaron's sons, we, the Bible doesn't tell us there was a problem with their sanctification. It didn't say there was an error there in the way that they had prepared themselves to walk in. It just said they, they, he brought something before God, that he didn't order them to bring. And here's, and here's the, um, it just blew my mind when I read it. He says, 
the Lord spoke to Moses. And here's what he said. He didn't say, I think this is probably verse 3 or 4 if you want to put it up there. He didn't say, you have to be sanctified when you come before me. That's not what he said. It's the one before that, verse 3, I think. Here it is. He says, Moses said unto Aaron, the Lord spoke saying, I will be sanctified in those that come near to me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. So it wasn't that Nadab and Abihu did not live a holy life. It wasn't that they did not sanctify themselves and live right before God. It was, put it back up there for just a second. It was because God didn't say, you have to be sanctified. He said, I'm going to be sanctified in anybody who comes near me. If you want to come near me, then whatever I have put into you has to be sanctified and set apart for me only. You don't get to go pour out something that I put in you. You don't get to use what I put in you for anything that you want to use it for. You do with what I put in you, what I tell you to do with it, and that's it. Because if you're going to come close to me, I'm going to be sanctified in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't a, it's not a matter of, am I holy enough? Did I do something? It's a matter of, did I sanctify what God put in me? Did I recognize the cost and the value of what God put in me? And did I keep it for him to do with what he wants to? Instead of just saying, whoa, it's wonderful. I'm poor. I pour everything out on everybody. You know, God sometimes instructs us to give to in the offering, but also to people. But if every time somebody showed up who needed some money out your purse, pretty soon you don't have any money in your purse or your wallet, men. You don't have any money in there because you gave it all out. And God promised to fill back up him. He didn't promise to fill back up you with you. If I'm giving out myself, I don't give myself feel back up. If I'm giving out what the Holy Spirit put in me, then I get myself, I get that, hallelujah, I get that filled back up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now it shows Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of times when we give, when we give in the offering, when we go and do our work for God, it's not just money. We go, I go and do my work for God. Okay? I'm witnessing to somebody. I'm trying to love somebody into the kingdom of God. I pour myself out in that too because I want, Pastor said it, we want to we control them. We want to make them. I'm pouring myself out in that situation. And all I get out of it is frustrated and tired and sick and tired of, of you. How many of y'all got kids? You try to make them be right. You pour your whole self out into them. You put all your money into them. I preached to myself. Put all your money into them. And you give and you give and you give. And pretty soon you realize that you have raised a, a monster. Not my kids, in the name of Jesus. 
You've, because you've given your whole self out, and you don't have anything left to give. You're done. I'll give my whole self out. And they still want me to get up and, and get them something and serve them. No, help me, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. We got family members who keep coming around. You gave them money last time. You got to give them money this time. You know they're going to shut their lights off if you don't help them. Y'all know? Y'all know? Y'all know. Y'all know. But I don't, I cannot, but if, but if I pour out of myself, I just better be happy with the fact that I know I helped somebody because I don't have to be poured back into if the Holy Spirit did not instruct me to do it. If the Holy Spirit says, yes, now is the time. You go help them right now. I'm going to do it because God pours back in. If I, if I sanctify him, he says, I will be sanctified and set apart. So if I do what he tells me to do with it, he's going to pour back into that. He's going to make sure that as long as I'm doing what with him, what he said to do with him, then I'm going to be overflowing and full of him. Amen. Hallelujah. But if I say, I'm just going to do this because I want to deal with you and don't want to see your ugly face right now, and here's some money, go. Or God, you, you know, I have somebody in my family who has uh, my, co- my cousin struggles with alcoholism, and um, his parents just kept on helping, just kept on, kept on giving. Never, never inquired of God, how do I deal with I don't say never, but I don't see that they did, so I'm not going to judge. But they, um, they, they didn't inquire of God, where do I stop this? They just kept putting money, just kept putting money, just kept putting money, just kept putting money over there. Got in jail, they get him out of jail. Got in jail again, get him out of jail. Got in jail again. Then they decide to quit, and because the jailers has gotten so accustomed to it, they let him out of jail anyway because they figured it's what his parents would have won't. I don't know how you get that kind of relationship with the jail. But, but it didn't, it's, it's not working out for my cousin. Because he ain't had to have reality slap him in the face yet. And see, I actually don't have anything of value in me. I'm suffering loss. And here's how we see it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, and I'm going to kind of skim it really quickly. Basically, Paul is saying one, man, one person laid the foundation. Some people build on it. Some people build on that. And there's no foundation that can be laid as what's in Christ Jesus. And if you build on it, you may be building with gold, silver, and precious jewels, and you may be building with wood, hay, and stubble, but on Judgment Day, fire is going to determine what kind of work it was. Was it wood, hay, and stubble, which burns up, or was it gold, silver, and precious jewels? But the, the key at that is, if any, the last verse in, is, if any man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So, if I'm just building myself, if that's my work, then I suffer loss. If I get in a situation where I needed some oil, but all I have is me to figure out what to do, if I get in a situation where I needed some oil and I don't have any oil and so I pretend and I act like everything's going to be okay, if I get in a situation and I really needed to be in the presence of God yesterday so I know how to deal with this today, but I don't. I didn't get in the presence of God yesterday. All I got is me to figure out what to do. I will suffer loss. 
Hallelujah. But if I get in the presence of God and I get something real, and I'm building every day, I'm building with something real, it actually says I don't have to suffer any loss. It says I get a reward instead. How many of us want a reward instead of loss? That's an easy decision to make. How many of us would rather be in the presence of God than in the presence of the TV? That is Maybe not quite as easy a decision to make, but it's still pretty easy to make if you phrase it like that, right? Okay. But what I want, though, is to have some oil in me ready to flow out whenever something comes along where God puts a demand on me for some oil. I remember one time I got asked to preach up here. I don't remember if it was Pastor Pinson or, or Pastor Andrew, but I got asked to preach up here, and... I had, I did, I'll just call it what it was. I just didn't prepare enough. I got my cute little word that was going to be good, you know. Don't look at me like that, please. Like y'all ain't done it. Got my cute little word that was going, that was going to be, that was going to be so good. Oh, was so smart. And, but I did not pray and I did not have anything. The demand got placed on me that day to produce something real and not just have a little word. And I didn't have it. It just was what it was. I got a reality check. I did not get my oil in advance. Some of us end up in situations where our boss man has set us down in front of us, and I need to answer him right then. I have a decision in front of me that may change my career, my family's finances, and I don't know what to do, and I need to tell you right now. I need to know. I need to have something in me to pour out. Sometimes somebody shows up in my door, and they are in need. I need to have something in me to pour out. A friend calls up and is, and is in a bad situation. I better have something real in me, or, or all I'm going to be able to do is comfort them maybe a little bit. I need something real inside of me. Hallelujah. So when we take that excuse out, James chapter 1, I think, says that we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. If we're only hearers, then it's like we look in our mirror and we see what kind of person we are. We see all the things we need to fix. And I go away and I decide to forget about it. And that is the same sin that the foolish virgins found themselves in. It wasn't that something unexpected happened. It was because I decided, I decided I'm not going to take care of this stuff that I see right in front of my face. I decided that I'm not going to get in the presence of God and have something real inside of me. I decided that me doing me is more valuable than me getting the presence of God in my life so that when God shows up, when circumstances show up, when the storm comes, I have actually something real inside of me to pull out, to pour out before my God and say, Father, you see I'm pouring out before you. You see this decision in front of me, God. You see this storm in front of me, God. You see this person in need in front of me, God. I... What do I do? I have you inside of me. Now, I can pour you out right now. 
Hallelujah. Because I've been in the presence of God. Because I've paid the price to purchase some oil in advance. I bought my oil. We don't get it for free. I buy my oil. I buy it. You buy your oil. It costs us the time in the presence of God. It costs us investing our whole life into God. But if I, what I get back out of it is I have enough oil that whatever God puts in front of me, I can begin to pour out. All of a sudden, five bills show up at once and I didn't know what to expect with it. Oh my God, you know I've, I've been a giver, God. I have been a giver. I've poured myself out before you, God, and let you fill me back up. Now, Holy Ghost, what do you want to do with these five bills that are sitting here? Because you know there ain't enough oil in this jar to pay these bills right now but in the name of Jesus I'm pouring out what I got before you God and I expect you to move hallelujah my God the doctor said whatever's going on in me it's going to cost $10,000 it's going to cost a whole bunch of money and I don't have it God the doctor said that whatever I have is incurable my God you know I don't have enough oil right now but I have I've been in the presence of God and so I'm going to pour out what I have before you hallelujah you know what? And that is the, the revelation that we're at different levels of progression because some of us, some of us are right there, but some of us, we're just trying to not get high between one Sunday and the next. Some of us just trying not to put something up on the computer screen that don't need to be there between one Sunday and the next. We're trying to make it. But my God, if we get in the presence of God, if I just get in there and I get my little bit of oil when that temptation comes, when those friends come around that I need to, that I used to do stuff with, I can begin to pour that oil out and say, God, oh my God, I may not be where they're at today. But I'm right where you want me, God. And so right now I have this little bit of oil. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour out this oil that you put in me. Hallelujah. I cannot produce victory in myself. And so if I, if I want to have victory over addiction, if I want to have victory over a husband or a wife that I fight with every single day, if I want to have victory over children who are lost and undone without God, if I want victory in my job over a boss who tries to fire me every day, then why I have to get in the presence. I have to shut myself in. Like pastor said, I have to shut myself in there and I have to begin to pour out something of some value so that when I come out of that place, I have something real. I have real victory. I don't get to pretend. That's religion. When we go around, just, oh, I'm set free. I'm set free. But God, what did God do in me? Am I actually free? Religion. Oh, my God, it's religion. It's the one that says, no, okay, you got saved yesterday. Well, put on your pantyhose and your suit and act saved. Act like all these other folks. You know, you're just, you're just trying to not be in gross sin from one Sunday to the next. That's where, that's where we at when we get saved. I'm trying to struggle with whether I even want to be saved sometimes from one Sunday to the next. I come back in and I repent and I fall back on the altar. Y'all, and there's no shame in that because I have been there myself. Where I come and get saved every time they have an altar call. But I came, I came and I poured myself out at the altar. And I began to pray and shut, my, shut that door and get in there and get something real of real value. It was just a little bit. 
just a little bit of real value, a little bit of purity, a little bit of real power. But that is all that it takes because when the devil comes, when storms come, when temptations come, I, have, I don't have just religion. I don't have just me making up my mind that I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't have just me making up my mind that I'm not going to go spend all that money like I did last time. I don't have just that. I have some oil. Hey! I have something with some power behind it. I have something with some real behind it.